Welcome to the Southside Community Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Kahn. We are located at 1815 South Peace Street in Elwood, Indiana. Visit us on Facebook. The link will be in the description below. Have a great day. This is when uh, this is when Moses, the man of God, is passing out the blessings. Which, when their fathers died, and Jacob passed out the blessing to his sons, uh, then the time come that the man of God, Moses, is dying, and Moses is going to pass out the blessings. And this is something they did in that day, uh, and they came to pass. Uh, these things, these were inspired of God. But here's Moses, the man of God, of all the twelve tribes, and he comes down to Naphtali, and he said in verse 23, <clears throat> And of Naphtali he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor, and full with the blessing of the Lord, possess thou the west and the south. And of Asher he said, Let Asher be blessed with children, let him be acceptable to his brethren, let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. There is none like unto the God of Jeshurun, which means Jerusalem, who rideth upon the heaven in thy help, and in the excellency on the sky. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, Destroy them. Israel then shall dwell in safety alone. The fountain of Jacob shall be upon a land of corn and wine. Also his heavens shall drop down dew. Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord, the shield of thy health, and who is the sword of thy excellency? Thine enemies shall be found liars unto thee, and thou shalt tread upon their high places. I first look there verse number 25 it said thy shoes should be iron and brass and as thy days so shall thy strength be our heavenly father we bow before your presence today pray and ask for your anointing lord for a little while may god you bless your word may it go out and accomplish that for which you would send it we ask it in jesus name amen, amen. there's no greater blessing <clears throat> There's no greater promises in the Word of God than in these portion of scriptures that we've read today. He said, Thy shoes should be iron and brass, and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. In other words, no matter how bad the day gets, no matter how dark, no matter how many trials, no matter what happens in Washington, no matter what happens in Iran, no matter what happens anywhere, God said for the Christians, for his people, as thy days, I'm going to give you strength to match the day. I'm going to give you grace for the day that you're living in. Uh, uh, whatever we look at our children, our grandchildren, we look at those and we're, we're troubled for them. We think about what are they going to have to face? What are they going to go through? But God's promise will be the same. As long as time endures, God's promise will be as thy days. So shall thy strength be. 
God's, God's going to, his church, he's going to match the day. He's going to give us strength to endure. Uh, we may not always be on the mountaintop. God's people throughout the scriptures were not on the mountaintop. Matter of fact, the day when Balaam came out to curse them and they had uh, dragged their heads and, and uh, they were weary with the journey, the Bible said, and, and uh, uh, they, were, they were so worn out in the hardness of the journey that uh, Balaam went out there to curse them. And when he looked out, he said, there's a shout of a king among them. And uh, they didn't know that. Their heads were down. Their way was hard. They didn't, they didn't realize that in a few days they'd be shouting and crowning uh, a Saul as their king. And, and the church is like that today. We, we were we facing our problems. We're facing our trials. We're facing our troubles. But in a few days, uh, we'll crown him king of kings and lord of lords. In a few days, it'll all be over. We'll be shouting on the other side. Amen. Amen. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. He said, the eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. The eternal God. You know, we've lost a lot of uh, older saints. We've lost a lot of great people. We've lost, uh, uh, you know, family members, uh, fathers, grandfathers. We, we've lost mothers and grandmothers. We've lost a lot of people, just saints in the church that, 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 that you know, they had to, uh, because the body's time was limited, they had to lay it down. They had to give up the ghost. They had to go on. And, and we were left here by ourselves, it seemed. But, but you know what? The Bible said it, it wasn't all them. It's the eternal God. He can't never die. He can't never be uh, uh, put away. He can't never leave us. He, he can't uh, be taken from us. Amen. The eternal God is thy refuge. Amen. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Underneath to hold us, prop us up, to, to keep us from falling. Thank God. But he said, Thy shoes should be iron and brass. Thy shoes should be iron and brass. And I want to preach on that. <clears throat> the iron shoe and the brass booty. Now, when they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years, the Bible said their shoes never wore out. Anybody here gained 40 years? My mom's got 40-year-old shoes. My mom's got shoes from when she was 16, and she's 92. My mom's got some. How many, do you, how many, how many of us would wear a shoe every day and it lasts for 40 years? No. So there was something special about that, wasn't there? Yes. God was saying something about that shoe. But in this verse of Scripture, he's talking about Naphtali, and he said, full of favor and satisfied with the blessing. And we could read about all the blessings of all the tribes, and I've tried to preach on Reuben many times, said, Reuben, let him live and not die, and that's the message of salvation. That's where God said, even though man has sinned and man has failed and man has fallen, God said, let him live and not die. When the devil wanted to destroy us and take us to hell and doom us forever, God's love and God's mercy said, let us live. Amen. 
When you came to the altar or wherever you prayed that day, wherever you surrendered, wherever you said to God, I, I'm sorry, I'm a sinner, forgive me. Praise God. God looked over the banister of heaven and God said, let him live. Let him live and not die. You know, uh, that's the message of salvation. And the others received a lot of gifts and wealth and, and cattle and a thousand hills and all of those things. Uh, but Naphtali said, full of favor, satisfied with the blessing. And they were a great warriors. They were great men of war. And they were not... They were not neither Rachel nor Leah's children. They were sons of handmaidens, both Asher and Naphtali. We always think that we always think that maybe special people. Uh, but you know, God uses the people He wants to use. He used Rahab the harlot, didn't he? Mm -hmm. He used he used people. He used some women in the Bible that uh, that we would we would not pick people we wouldn't pick. We, you know, a lot of times we think it's the favored. We think it's people that are special. But you know what? Oftentimes, people with the most gifts and the most talents are not the ones that really wind up using them for God. A lot of times it's the person who struggles with the gift or struggles with whatever God's called him to do that winds up really doing the job. But Naphtali's army was so great and when Balaam or uh, when Barak and Deborah were in trouble and, and uh, they were facing an army, the Bible said like uh, they were like the sands on the seashore. That's how many their army was. Uh... Deborah said to Barak, call Naphtali. And if you want to study about Naphtali, it's because the Bible said they knew how to keep rank. <laughs> now if you go back to old British war days, they kept rank. If you went to the military, they're going to teach you how to keep rank. They don't want you to... If, if somebody starts breaking and running, if somebody starts breaking up, uh, then we'll be destroyed. And, and really the church needs to learn how to keep rank. We, we need to quit running off and separating and, and finding fault with everybody about every little thing. And we need to keep rank. Amen. Yes. God will bless the church. And he said, so I'm going to give you an iron shoe. Now they fought in a land where it was cactus. It was thick. It was, there were thorns. And an Indiana thorn is what? Inch and a half long? You might find, you might find, you know, something an inch and three quarters inch thorn. If you go down to Kentucky and Tennessee, you're going to find the, the middle thorns three inches. And this is like an inch and a half little stubs on each side of the third, the third and fourth, or third, second and third. But if you go to Israel, you're going to find thorns that are five inches and three inch and two and a half inch little thorns out to the sides. And if you've ever stepped on a thorn, have you ever stepped on one in a tennis shoe? Let me tell you, the rubber doesn't stop it. It, run, it runs right on through it. And if you've ever been a kid 
and as a kid playing in the woods and ever stepped on a thorn, you never forgot what it's like. I mean, it cut right through the sole of your shoe. And, and a great man, a warrior, a great man, uh, if, he, if he stepped on that thorn, can you imagine trying to fight a war and a battle in a land, in a place where it's covered with thorns, they're all over the place, and cactus and thicket and all of that to deal with. And, and what they had, just sandals. But God said, I'm going to give you an iron shoe. Uh, you know what? The Lou Cheese Boot Company in 1863, I think it was, said that they had invented the steel shank. Well, I'm going to tell you, God invented the steel shank long before the Lou Cheese Boot Company ever thought about it. God said, I'm going to give you an iron shoe. I'm going to give you something that will hold out. Something that, you know what he told his disciples over in the, uh, the Gospel of Luke? He said, I'll give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I'll give you the power to tread upon thorns. Woo! Glory to God. He said, I'll give you the power. Amen. That I'll give you the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. God said, I'm gonna, he, he gave his disciples' boys a shoe that they could tread over the powers of the enemy, over the thorn, over the thicket. But they didn't just have an iron shank on the bottom. They didn't just have an iron shank in the bottom of their shoe. They needed to cover the top of their foot. It needed to be lighter. It needed to be something that wasn't so heavy. They tried to make us wear steel shoes toed boots where I worked at and I thought man I ain't no way I can wear these things I felt like I mean you know put bricks on your feet <laughs> so they made a brass covering they made a brass booty something to cover the top side or weaker places <laughs> we got some weak places and God has got away He's got a way to cover us. Amen. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Homer was a poet that wrote in the 1600s. And he wrote about Alexander the Great's army. The Romans, before Alexander the Great, had definitely patented the iron, the brass booty that covered the top of your foot. <coughs> Alexander's army Homer said that they would sit around their campfires and said you could see a glow in the sky from where the campfire glistened off of their brass coverings on their boots <laughs> you could see Alexander the Great's army not just see the campfire you could see a glow up in the sky, a reflection. I still believe there ought to be a glow over at the church house. Amen. That's right. <laughs> I think if everybody's got their brass booty on, there'll be a glow over at the church house. Right. There'll be something there that people can see. Something there that'll attract people. Something that people will say, you know what? There's a camp over there. That's God's people. 
camping over there. The Iron Shoe, the Brass Booty. They say if if you ever have a handcrafted shoe for your foot that you could walk all day and never get tired. Now, it's going to cost you probably about $10,000, five to $10,000 to have a pair of cowboy boots made to fit your foot. Because see, really, we buy our shoes, probably all of us at the big box store, Macy's, JCPenney, Rule King, Red, uh, Red Wing Store. But it's a one size fits all. But the truth is, your right foot and your left foot ain't exactly the same. Sometimes some people wear a 10 in their left shoe and a 10 and a half in the right. But they say, oh, who was it? Uh, who is those brothers? I read about them and wrote down how much it was. Uh, you can buy a pair of handcrafted shoes, just like, just kind of like dress shoes, like just like we wear, just a pair of dress shoes. But, uh, I can't remember what their names were. The something that started with the M brothers. But they're $1,350 a pair, or somewhere up to $1,500 a pair. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna order any. And I know I'm not getting the five or $10,000 cowboy boot. But they said if you get one made for your foot, you can walk in it all day and never get tired. But you got to go in for several fittings. Now I want to tell you about salvation. <clears throat> Salvation's not a one size fits all. The fittings started long before you ever got saved. He started working on you long before you ever got saved. He started the fittings. So that when you got saved, you got an experience that fit you perfectly. Something that you know about. Something that you know where it happened. Something that you know that your life was changed. When you, if you was to have a pair of those boots put on, if you was to have a pair made, you would know that you went for several fittings and finally you put the boot on, you'd know, hey, this didn't, didn't just happen today. This didn't just start now. God's not going to run out on us now. He started on us long before he ever saved us. And you know what? Religion will wear you out. It'll make your feet hurt. It'll make you grumpy. It, it, it'll wear you out. But salvation's a different shoe. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Salvation shoes a different shoe. Uh, it's it's made that we can walk in it all the rest of the journey till we make it home. <clears throat> Man, when I was reading electric meters, 
<clears throat> I stepped in a hole one day and he took me down to the <clears throat> emergency care. Well, you know, not the hospital. They took me to when they were just starting those <clears throat> emergency care units. What are they called? Urgent care. Urgent care. <clears throat> and the doctor took the x-ray and said, well, it's not broke, it's just badly sprained. Two years, at least two years, I got up every morning, had to go around the bedpost like this right here. Couldn't walk on it, hardly. But as the day grew on, I'd walk 12 miles reading meters. By the end of the day, seemed pretty decent. Next morning, same ritual. One day we had a specialist come, Dr. Freeman there in Muncie, came to talk to us about our shoes and the job we were doing. I went up to him after the meeting and I told him about my problem and he said, Mark, your, your ankle's broke. I said, they took x-rays and they said that it wasn't. He said, I guarantee it's broke. He said, if you'll come see me, he said, and when you do, bring your work boots. And I thought that was kind of strange. Bring my boots. I mean, if, you, if you're off work, you're going to go to the doctor, you ain't going in your work boots, you know what I mean? You're just going to dress casual, uh, you know. But I took my work boots. I wore my work boots in to see him. He took a look at my work boots and he told me exactly how I walked. He said, you drag your feet. I think if we got a very good analysis today in the, in the Christian world, I think most of us drag our feet a little bit. <laughs> I'm afraid that's true. I'm afraid we drag a little bit. Uh, but he tells you exactly. He can look at your shoe and tell you if your ankles are in, if your ankles are out. He can tell you what. He took an x-ray, and instead of being broken across, it was broken straight up and down, a hairline crack up and down where the tendon connected. Where the tendon connected every night, it would try to heal. Fibers would try to grow together every morning when I put pressure on it. That tendon would pull, and when it did, it would pull that apart, and that was the pain I had. He went in, cut off the broken part, lagged the, the tendon back <clears throat> into my ankle, and he tightened it up because he looked at my shoe, and he could see that it had so stretched that tendon when I injured it that it was too long, so he shortened it up. And after that, I had to go see him a couple of times, and he had to make some adjustments to my shoe. You know, since I got saved, you ever had to go back for some adjustments? Huh? <laughs> no, because... He can tell you if you're pitching forward. He can tell if you're pitching back. He can tell if you're walking with your ankles in or your ankles out. And I'm glad, so glad, the one that really fitted us for salvation. I'm glad he can help us to where we can walk right. We can walk straight. Right. Yes. <laughs> now, a lot of preachers ain't going to preach this, but we can walk straight. Amen. We can walk right. We don't have to be worn out with the journey. Well, I... I want to go on and I want to get to a point about Naphtali. It said, full of favor and satisfied with the blessing. Well, to understand what blessing really came to that tribe, we'd have to understand where Jesus went and called his disciples at. 
Bible said that he went down by the seaside and he called to the land of Naphtali where they sat in darkness and now they saw a great light and he began to call the disciples and the theologians believe that probably almost all of them if not all of them were of the tribe of Naphtali called James and John as they were with their father mending their nets man called called those disciples at that time uh, he came down by the seashore and he said follow me and I'll make you fishers of men he called those men to preach the gospel you know, they's going to have to have an iron shoe. They's going to have to have a brass booty. <clears throat> Amen. To preach that gospel. And then, as we look as we look beyond that, if I find that, I lost that scripture there. I wanted to read that to you if I could find it. Where they came down there. Oh, Yes. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt at Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtalim. Naphtalim, which is the land where the Naphtalites. And it might be spoken, fulfilled, which might be spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Gal Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light sprung up. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren called Simon, called Peter, and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said, Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He went on down to two other brothers, James and John, and called them. And so they were the descendants of that tribe that went out to preach the gospel. And then if we look over in the book of Revelation, we'll find him that said the Bible said his head and his hairs were like white like wool, and as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like undefined brass as burned in a furnace. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus had already wore the brass booty. He already had tread this road before us. Amen. He gave us what we would need. He gave us what we would need. Back in the Old Testament, we find where one day the Spirit came down upon upon people, uh, and they begin to prophesy, and they begin uh, Eldad and Medad. They begin to, and Joshua wanted them to stop. He wanted he didn't want them to because of Moses. And Moses said, "Are you envious for me?" He said, I would that God would put his spirit upon all his people. And then we read over in the book of Acts in chapter 2, and they were all assembled in the upper room, and he fell upon them like cloven tongues of fire, sat upon their heads. And so it was God's plan that all of us would be equipped, have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Mm -hmm. When the preacher's gone, 
We still got the Holy Spirit. Amen. We've got salvation. We've got the iron shoe. We've got the brass booty. We've got the goods that it takes to make it home. Amen. Mm -hmm. That was provided by Him. As far as even with the brass booty and walking through the flames of hell, an old Nazarene preacher, when young men started coming out of the Nazarene colleges saying that they didn't really believe Jesus went to hell. T.W. Willingham was the general superintendent of the Church of the Nazarene. He said if he didn't go to hell, he didn't pay all of our cost. Because it wasn't just to die. It wasn't just eternal death. There was eternal suffering and torment in hell that had to be endured. The Bible said was Job was in the belly of the well for three days and three nights. <laughs> so was Jesus, yes. center of the earth, walking through with the iron shoe and the brass booty. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise his holy Amen. name.